You're listening to the Fantasy Alarm Fantasy Football Podcast with host Howard Bender and John Mbemba. What's going on, FA Nation? John Mbemba here with Howard Bender. This is the Fantasy Alarm NFL DFS Podcast and live stream for week three of the NFL season. Howard, it was a weird week last week, right? We had the shorter slate because of the two Monday Night Football games. We had like every running back outside of Nick Chubb fail pretty much for us there wide receiver did well some quarterback play was nice but it was kind of a it felt like a low scoring week overall last week felt like a low scoring week I mean you could just you take a look at the running back position right off the bat right Nick Chubb had 31 points 31 fantasy points for his three touchdown game and then nobody else came close yeah like it was unreal when we did the breakdown of the of the playbook and you look to see how many guys 2x and how many guys 3x at each position and kind of going through that and uh, and it was definitely overall I think it was uh, it was a little lower than usual none of the running backs like none of the high-end running backs if you spent up for running backs at all yeah I mean even just one running back it just it didn't take yep. it definitely didn't nobody else take. scored there more were... than 20 fantasy points in full PPR running back last week just Nick Chubb it's no. that bad so we'll see if we get anything better 13 games on the slate some pretty interesting matchups to target here and we're back to having like all of the big guns too on the slate the primetime games are all the crap teams right thursday night game is pittsburgh cleveland we have giants versus dallas on one of the on one of the other primetime games blanking on what the sunday night game is but for the most part I mean, we i think is san francisco against denver um, denver yeah. okay yeah so like I said, for the most part, all of our top guys are on the main slate. So should be some pretty interesting roster builds here. We'll get into it with quarterbacks. I did the quarterback coach again this week. So far, the cover athletes of the of the quarterback coach have worked out, Howard. We had Jalen Hurts in week one. He had his multi-touchdown performance last week. Carson Wentz, highest scoring quarterback on the main slate. He was on the cover. This week, we have Derek Carr. So we'll touch upon Derek Carr when we get down into the mid-tier here. But for top-tier quarterbacks this week, Howard, Josh Allen going down into Miami. Uh, Lamar Jackson now wearing a sleeve on his throwing arm at 8K against New England. Mahomes against Indy. Jalen Hurts against Washington. Herbert against Jacksonville. Probably the group I would label as like the top group. Yeah, I would label that the top group. I am going to likely avoid Justin Herbert. I don't even want to. I didn't want to put him in a contrarian lineup, right? Because I don't know what the situation really is. I know that he was back at practice yeah. yesterday and he was throwing. Now yesterday, I mean Tuesday, he was he did some throwing at practice and he did the same thing on on Wednesday. He was a part participant there. But I do get nervous when it comes to the pass rush for Jacksonville is actually really solid and so worrying about Herbert taking that sack and then getting knocked out for any point in this yeah. game or them just turning heavily to the ground game and leave it all to Eckler and Kelly and Sony Michelle. So I'm avoiding him. I'm probably going to avoid Lamar Jackson as well, just because Belichick knows how to scheme. And that's it's, whether you think the personnel is quality or not, Belichick always manages to get more out of it. So I think Josh Allen against Miami is a great play. I think that Mahomes against Indy is a great play. And this Jalen Hurts team, I was talking to I was talking to Millionaire Mike on the uh, Fantasy Alarm show earlier today. And when I asked him what he's thinking about this week, the first thing he said was that Philly-Washington game. Yeah. So perhaps Jalen Hurts is the uh, is the way to go. Yeah, over, is he the way? Over 50 game total on this one last I had checked. It could be. I mean, listen, week one, the passing numbers weren't great you basically only targeted aj brown but the running numbers were again on point at a touchdown a rushing touchdown there week two 
he threw all over Minnesota, right? Like he showed that he was capable of impacting a game with his arm. And he also ran for scores as well, making an impact with his feet. So I mean, I've been in on Jalen Hurts all offseason. He was my number one guy in quarter from drafting quarterbacks and fantasy price points still at $7,600 against Washington, who's allowed points now last week, obviously to Detroit. And in week one, they had to come back against Jacksonville. Like their defense is horrible. So I, yeah, I like Hurts a lot in this, in this mid-tier spot. Mahomes is interesting against Indy. I think Indy's going to play a little bit better than they did last week after that sort of tough to play worse tough to play worse right but their defense still kind of <laughs> held right their offense just didn't do anything and their home we don't know how healthy juju is right juju's been kind of dealing with an injury you look at the rest of that receiving core and there's a lot of feels like unreliability outside of kelsey there so i wonder if mahomes is in a letdown spot uh, even though he's still managed to look good in two games this is a, a tougher defense matchup for him so for me i'm with you i think allen and hurts are the two guys. I don't mind a dart throw in Herbert. Dr. Child said they're going to just inject him in that rib area. And basically he'll be good to go. So we'll, we'll see what Keenan Allen's status really is more so than Herbert there. But that's oh, that. Well, if Dr. Chow said it, then well, sure. See. Some people trust that man's opinion. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> the mid-tier guys, Kyler Murray against the Rams at home. I know Murray's basically been a garbage time king there. The last two weeks, his fantasy production has come in, in the second half of those games where they're trying to come back. I don't know if I, I trust him to do that against the Rams. Uh, Cousins in a bounce back spot. Again, Detroit's defense has been horrible. They allowed 38 points to Philly in the first week. Uh, last week, they struggled against Washington. I wrote in the quarterback coach, I hope everybody watched her Cousins suck on Monday night so they just stay off of him here. Right. And That's we go, best, right? And we go back to, <laughs> we go back to Justin Jefferson and Kirk Cousins and they throw all over Detroit. So in this mid tier range, the guys that are in that spot, like Murray, Burrow, Stafford, Rodgers, Wentz, like Cousins is the only one of that group that I'm looking at. Yeah, Cousins is probably the only guy that I'm really looking at here as well. Tough matchup for Rodgers. It's not a terrible matchup for Stafford, right? If you believe that obviously Stafford's got Cooper Cup and and he's got a nice rapport now with Allen Robinson that we saw. So I don't mind Stafford here, but obviously I like the the home quarterback in, in Kirk Cousins to to make that happen. I, I Yeah, again, I wrote up the, that game for picks-wise. Right. Right. Because yeah, it's like Minnesota's favored by six. And after watching them shit the bed on Monday night, everybody is like, we're taking Detroit in the points. We're taking Detroit in the points. Like to the point where I feel like by the time we get closer to the, yeah, to the, to, to the game, it goes down like to five and a half, possibly even five, which I just think is going to be hysterical because I think Minnesota turns around and gives Detroit a, a whooping. Yeah, listen, Minnesota's defense looked good week one against Aaron Rodgers. So, I mean, and again, lack of cast of characters there for Rodgers. But yeah, I think people are going to be too focused on what they just saw with the recency bias there. A good opportunity to get Cousins. I think the recency bias plays the same way with Tua. I have Tua as my fade at the quarterback position. I know he's coming off 460 yards and six touchdowns, but the Buffalo defense has looked unreal through two weeks. They went into LA, beat the Rams on opening night. They basically mercy rule Tennessee in week two. And now Tua, who looked rather pedestrian against New England in week one, managed to catch fire against Baltimore in week two. Baltimore in week one lost their cornerback, right? They lost the said fuller is that who they lost in week one they lost one of their secondary guys there their yeah, top was fuller yeah in week one i mean tyree kill and jalen water are obviously game breakers you get them the ball in space they can make big plays happen but i think buffalo's defense is too good i think they're going to get a pass rush on tua and that's going to cause him to make some mistakes here so i'm not playing two at 61 
but I wonder how many people see him coming off of six touchdowns and now at home and go there. Far too many. And I'm out on that also. I'm not interested in this. Again, I love what Miami's put together, right? I love Mike McDaniel's offense, but yeah, the Buffalo defense is unbelievable. I, I said the other day on the show, I was like, Buffalo is my, my, my pick to click for DFS on Monday Night Football. Right. I was like, I said, I think I smell a defensive touchdown. I mean, they're just, they're that good, right? And that's even with them being without Tredavious White in the secondary. So give yeah, I mean, me, Von, yeah. Von Miller yeah. Is, a, is just a wild man. So like that guy just yep. wreaks havoc back there. And their defensive line is already good. So I worry a little bit of the only thing that could get to Buffalo, I think, is the Miami flu. So we'll see if we'll see if that ends up happening or not there. Under 6K range, again, Derek Carr is the cover of that quarterback coach. Picking on Tennessee is just going to be too easy to do this year, whether yep. they're home or away. It's going to be super chalk, but the price point for cars is what the appealing spot is here because you have to pay up for Devontae Adams or up for Darren Waller. So you're going to take the value of a car at 5,900. Do you think car is going to be chalk? I would think so. I think, again, sort of seeing the way the teams have hung points on Tennessee, I think you're going to see car. I think he's going to be popular for this price range, right? And I don't know where, how many people really feel about that middle tier. Cause again, there's a lot of guys that were kind of iffy on Stafford, obviously, as you mentioned, maybe Burrow goes into New York as a contrarian play and gets it done with Jason Higgins there. But I like Carl a lot in this. I love Carl in this spot. I'm just hoping that he's not actually overly chalky. That's the only concern that I have. I'm kind of hoping that people are like, what happened with him and Devonte Adams? And they didn't look good. And they ended up like blowing that game. Like, I feel like that's kind of, that's what my hope is because I'm with you. I like Carr and would happily use Carr and Devontae Adams in, in lineups because how bad Tennessee's defense really is. I just worry that I just don't want him to be chalky. Adams caught a touchdown like right away in that game too. And everybody's like, oh, here it is. They didn't Look. do nothing. They did nothing else after that. Yeah, they didn't even throw to him. It was the weird part. Two yeah. targets, right? Yeah. Two targets the whole game? Yeah, something crazy. So either a really great defensive scheme there by Arizona or who knows. Hey. Under Carr, if you think that it's going to be a shootout with Detroit, Minnesota, Goff had a good week last week. I'm on Ross St. Brown. looks like the legit, the real deal. So if you believe in that offense, Goff maybe is something to look at. I like Mariota this week against Seattle. Going into Seattle, I know it can be tough. Mariota's been serviceable as a quarterback, given his ability to run the football. Drake London's looked really good. And I'm kind of riding the narrative that Arthur Smith is taking too much heat for not using Kyle Pitts. His comments about like why Kyle Pitts isn't being targeted. And he's like, this isn't fantasy football. We're trying to win football games. And the guy's like, you're 0-2. So maybe you should, you're not winning football games using Kyle Pitts as a blocker. So I think this could be a week where no Jamal Adams in the secondary for Seattle. Kyle Pitts could be featured a bit more in this offense, plus the added bonus of Mariota's mobility. So $5,500, maybe a sneaky little Atlanta snack this week. Yeah, that's a nuts. I went, I mean, did you read the watch list? I saw Drake London was on the cover, so... Drake London is on the cover, but I wrote up Mariota for exactly that. The middle of the field against Seattle is going to be vulnerable. And this is all before Arthur Smith's comments about Kyle Pitts and whatever, and when people clamoring, the middle of the field is vulnerable. You bring in that safety to help take care of the tight end. And when you have a tight end like Kyle Pitts, who plays more as a wide receiver than anything else, is going to be impossible to cover. Seattle doesn't have Bobby Wagner in the middle of that linebacking core. That's a huge blow for them. So that whole middle of the field, I do, I think, is going to be wide open. And what I love about it also with Mariota is that he's also not afraid to take off running. Right. If he doesn't see it, he's going to be able to run. And when he runs up the middle like that, 
he's going to pick up extra yardage and help out. So I love Mariota as a pay down here at 5,500 on DraftKings. Any other pay downs for you? No, I mean, I love Trevor Lawrence and what the Jags are doing, but I have so much more respect for this Chargers team and the defense they've put together. I'll never bank on Joe Flacco. <laughs> Matt Ryan is trash. Yeah. Baker Mayfield is trash. Yeah. Jameis Winston's hurt. Hurt, yeah. So, no. I mean, yeah, not even Davis Mills. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you there. The last couple of weeks, I've obviously championed a little Winston. Once the news came up about his back, I pulled him all out of my lineups, which unfortunately set some other things in motion because I had a fair share of Michael Thomas across my lineups. And pulling Thomas out of my lineups also ended up getting me off of Chubb in a lineup, and that was the death nail for that lineup. So it was unfortunate <laughs> that uh, that news broke because at least I would have had one lineup there that would have had Nick Chubb still in it. So I'm with you. Let's go to the running back spot here. Paying up for running back hasn't been the way to go really through two weeks. Jonathan Taylor, obviously week one had a big one, but after that, it was the middle tier with Saquon and that group. How are we approaching the running back situation now? Obviously, the, all the top guys are here. Are you paying up for any of them? Well, that's the thing. And the funny thing is in, in one lineup, at least one lineup, yes, I will have Jonathan Taylor in it. I'll jam him in there because it is Kansas City. And if you're going to beat Kansas City, you need to slow down the pace of the game. And that means that you have to hand the ball off to Jonathan Taylor 20 times at least 20 times, right? And go with that scheme. As trashy as Matt Ryan looks, at least there's some semblance with Michael Pittman being back this week that maybe it, they can't stack the box right. against Taylor. So like, for one lineup, I'll have Jonathan Taylor. But really, I think maybe Eckler's probably the highest I'll go here at 8,000. I'm not going to do McCaffrey. McCaffrey just, you know what? It, it's not even that McCaffrey doesn't look good. He's just, the play calling is weak. Baker is the quarterback. Mm -hmm. Ben McAdoo is running this offense. And I just, I think Ben McAdoo absolutely sucks. And I think that Matt Rule, I think, I feel like Matt Rule brought in Ben McAdoo so that he could have another fall guy and they don't <laughs> fire Rule himself that he can turn around and say, oh, well, it's fucking McAdoo's fault. So. And I, I just that McCaffrey was such an elite pass catcher during any time he's ever been healthy. And we're through two games now. He's got eight catches for 50 yards. He should be getting three targets a drive. Instead, there was a tweet earlier that said that McCaffrey is actually being asked to pass block more than ever. So when they go in these sets, instead of having McCaffrey run out into the flat or run out in the middle, they're having him stay back there and protect Baker. What are we doing? Right? <laughs> like, you're, he's maybe your best pass catcher. Like, why are we not? Why are we not out there? So. I'm with you. That's frustrating. Dalvin Cook has a really good spot against Detroit here. I know he's had some bad games so far to start the season, but Detroit makes a lot of those things better. Could certainly see. see. I don't know if it does. I'm telling you, I think in all honesty, I think the struggles of Dalvin Cook are 100% related to the blocking scheme that they're running in Minnesota right now. They've switched from a zone blocking scheme to a power gap blocking scheme. That works if you've got like these behemoth linemen, right, sure. who are just going to keep pushing forward and be able to pancake block and get these guys to open up a couple of lanes. But these offensive linemen are not built for power gap blocking. They're built. This offensive line was built by Dennison and Kubiak in order to zone block and be able to pull and move maneuver around, move laterally as opposed to just North and South. And I think that that is actually a key issue going on right now with Minnesota's ground game.
Yeah, that's something to watch then, right? Obviously, we a lot of people have a lot of investment in Dalvin. This is an offense that we think is going to score a lot of points, but yeah, if he can't if he can't get the hole, then it's going to be it's going to be a struggle for him there. Taylor's all this time. Jets give up rushing touchdowns. Did it last week. Gave up the week before that. So, what are your thoughts on uh, Joe Mixon this week? Yeah, I, listen, I'll go with Mixon. I definitely will. I mean, again, I think that Cincinnati's having some issues right now. And I've talked to people who are very in tune with the Bengals and what's happening over there. There's a lot of dis, the people are displeased with Zach Taylor's play calling. The offensive line really hasn't been playing together all that much. Burrow's on pace uh, because, for to be sacked 100 times. <laughs> yeah, so, so all the improvements that they made on the offensive line have kind of, they haven't had time to basically to, to marinate. So you got offensive line struggles. There's play calling, not to mention the fact that Joe Burrow, he's still not that far removed from an appendectomy, right? Yeah. He had to stop throwing, deal with the appendectomy. He's got to heal. I mean, listen, it's surgery. If somebody out there has never had surgery before, especially abdominal surgery, they don't understand that it can be a lingering issue there. So I'd like to see a little bit more out of Cincinnati before I invest in, in Joe Mixon for DFS. Sure. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, it does. This next group is all questionable. So Aaron Jones obviously isn't monster game Monday night or Sunday night rather against Detroit, but now running or sorry, Chicago now going up against Tampa Bay, kind of a tough <laughs> spot to, to trust him in. Swift has been great, but he's questionable with that ankle. I imagine he'll be okay. I'm not sure your thoughts on Swift against Minnesota there. Kamara's got the ribs, Fournette. We saw Montgomery run all over Green Bay, but he's questionable. What are your thoughts on this mid-range group? I actually really like Fournette. I put Fournette into the into the watch list. Dude's had at least 20 carries in each of the first two games. Tom Brady has no weapons, right? I mean, come Cole on, Beasley. when you're signing <laughs> when you're signing Cole Beasley, I mean, that's a joke, right? I mean, that's just that's a he joke. wasn't really bad. People are just upset about the whole vaccination thing with him. I'm not Cole saying Beasley's that bad. it's not about the vaccination thing for me. He is barely an average player. He's barely an average player. He doesn't have great size. He's got good, not great speed. Sounds like every got... productive slot receiver Tom Brady has ever had. <laughs> What's that? Sounds like every productive slot receiver Tom Brady has ever had. Listen, that may be the case, right? But you're also playing behind a makeshift offensive line. You're also, Brady's also 45 and yeah. he doesn't want to fucking throw anymore. And he's also turned around and said that his personal life yeah. is affecting what's happening to him on the field right now. So, I, agree. I mean, I'm not going to, I'm, I'm not going to buy into Cole Beasley, no. who's only on the practice squad, right? I mean, yeah, I don't no. even think they I, signed I was more him. so just saying that in jest that it's gotten to the point where they have to bring in Cole Beasley. If Cole Beasley gets brought up to the active roster by Sunday. I mean, like, yeah, I don't even think he's in the player pool, truthfully. But I mean, like, I did play Brashard Perriman last week for 0.5% roster ship exposure, and he scored a touchdown. So, so they're gonna, there is going to be a productive receiver in that group somewhere. So something, no. something to watch there. But I do like, I like the Fournette call. Again, Green Bay struggled against Montgomery. 20-plus carries. I'm with you on that one. I like Swift. I don't know if I can trust Kamara against Carolina at all. Gibson was kind of a letdown. They didn't throw to him as much as I would hope last week, but maybe that changes against Philly. Really tough defense, though. So maybe if they take away the receivers for Washington because of Philly's secondary, and that gets more dumb off opportunities for Gibson. But McKissick was the one that got seven tar I think he had seven catches in that game. So, you know, that's a worry. That is a worry. That is a worry. So I can't buy into it either. And I won't. And I won't buy into it, right? I mean, that's the funny thing. Like, I'm sitting here and I, I say I'm going to try and squeeze Taylor into a lineup. I like Eckler in this matchup against Jacksonville. 
I'm hesitant on Joe Mixon, right? I do like DeAndre Swift. I'm not going to hate on him. Leonard Fournette, but then, yeah, Gibson doesn't do it for me. Clyde Edwards-Alaire doesn't do it for me. Right. James Conner's banged up, and I don't really love the uh, the matchup here against the Rams defense. And as much as I love James Robinson, dude, this Chargers D is real deal. I don't necessarily know if I want a, a piece of that. So if you're going to you're gonna bypass all of that, I mean, you really – I mean, you have to move down. I like you have you to play like, Montgomery at fifty nine. Houston, do I play Montgomery at fifty nine? Probably, like, uh, yeah, he's definitely an option. He's right? definitely an option. I think that offense um, is going to look so different this week than they did last week. I think that I coaching know. staff is getting hammered for how they played that game. Yeah, maybe that coaching staff really isn't that great. Could be worse than Nagy. Is anybody worse than Nagy? Well, I mean, right now, yes, Nathaniel Hackett <laughs> is a million times True. worse. True. And then Matt Nagy and Luke Getze as a, as an offensive coordinator is not impressing anybody. Matt Eberflus is a defensive guy. We know he's a defensive guy. He brought in Luke Getze to run the offense and Eberflus is not having any kind of a, he's not imposing his will at all. He says, this is the guy who I brought in to run my offense. He is going to run my offense. And so I, I can't really, I can't really love on that. And again, here's the thing with Montgomery. Right? It looked great last week, right? And now it's Houston this week. So why wouldn't it be Montgomery? But again, I hate the fact that he plays special teams. It increases his chances of getting hurt even more. They're mixing in Khalil Herbert when they can. right? And at some point, Justin Fields has to get comfortable enough to start running on his own. Yeah. Ran for a touchdown last week, Fields. So definitely a, definitely a risk. Herbert wasn't as involved last week, but maybe that was more game flow than it was in week one. Montgomery's just the best back on that team. I don't know why they would even entertain really mixing Herbert in as much as they do. So, and you're right. People are going to see Houston. I have talked about this before. The common crowd, they go to a position and they see that number green 30 and the opponent rank and they think like, oh, this is the right matchup. This is the good spot for it. They don't really take into effect everything else that's really going on with the team or with a player or an offense. And they just kind of blindly enter because, hey, this is telling me, DraftKings is telling me this is a good matchup, right? And, and I'm going to trust that. So it could be Patterson below, maybe an easy pivot off again. If we like Mariota, Patterson against Seattle, it could certainly be an option to, to throw in there. Daryl Henderson lost out to Cam Akers last week. What do you make of that situation? I don't know. I, in all honesty, because I believe that Sean McVay wants Akers to be his number one running back. I mean, Akers is a better runner. Akers, when healthy, is a better running back than Daryl Henderson. Daryl Henderson's a good third down guy. He's a good pass catching running back, but he's not the guy that you want to put out there. He's not a 20 carry guy. Akers right. is a 20 carry guy. Yep. So yeah, I, I worry about Henderson for sure. So, I mean, I look further down there, down the list. Miles Sanders intrigues me. He's actually getting touches right now, and he's on the field for a lot of the RPO work, which is great. Yep. What I um, like, too, is just the, that he's actually catching a couple balls, too. Mm -hmm. They're just featuring him a little bit. Give me three catches. That's three points, three more points on DraftKings, right? Like, you know, give me that opportunity to get double digits. I and mean, did love the week one touchdown. I'm a big Miles Sanders fan as well, so... A uh, good spot for him against Washington. I agree with you. What do you think about Josh Jacobs against Tennessee? Is this a spot where they go up big or they get red zone opportunities and he can finally maybe find the end zone here? 19 carries last week against Arizona. Yeah. I mean, I think that Jacobs is in a great spot here to uh, to do the same thing. 
to just kind of chew up that clock late in the game. And hopefully they, they continue with that. I still believe that he's going to get a ton of cheap touchdowns with pass interference calls to against Adams, yeah. yeah, to Adams, right? In, inside the end zone. I don't mind Jacobs there. I'll tell you who I really want to play. Sure. I want to go all the way down to Damian Pierce. Okay. In Chicago. The Bears run defense is terrible. They're giving up 5.1 yards per carry. They're giving up almost 190 rushing yards per game. They've given up a couple of touchdowns on the ground. This Bears defense is just not good against the there. run. I can get behind that. I like that call. It's a good, it's a good final like breakout spot for Pierce this week. Right? Yeah. Ran well against Denver. The 4.6 yards per carry. Now you get him in a spot where Houston could be playing ahead and against a bad Chicago team. Aaron Jones lit them up. So, yeah, I don't mind that. What do you make of the of the Jets' backfield against Cincinnati? You just don't know who it's going to be. I mean, I think ultimately by season's end, it's Brees Hall. But, I mean, I don't really... When I'm dealing with DFS, I'm trying to... Like, if I'm going to look at a split backfield, then I need to see, is this like is this a game where they're definitely going to play from behind? Or is this a game where they could come out ahead? Because right. if they're playing from behind, I have interest in Michael Carter. If they're playing from ahead, I've got more interest in Brees Hall, right? And that's kind of thing. And I look at this matchup against the Bengals, who are seriously struggling, and all of a sudden I'm like, well, I don't know which way it's going to go, and therefore I'm not going to I'm not going to buy into their split backfield. I agree with you there. I don't really have anybody else value-wise outside of that. Moser obviously led the Miami backfield last week. 11 for 51 at three catches. No one's going to play him against Buffalo. So if you are if you think Miami can hang with that game, like maybe Moser is a spot or... But other than that, I don't really have any interest of anybody here. No, I'm with yeah, you. Yeah, I don't have any I don't have any interest I'm in with that you. either. <laughs> uh, let's go to wide receiver where there's plenty of guys we do like. Uh, Cooper Cup and Justin Jefferson are both over 9K. Cup is 9,900 against Arizona. Jefferson's 93 against Detroit. Devontae Adams, a little bit of a price drop, Howard. 8,400. He was 86 last week. Two catches. Did have seven targets in the he wasn't able to connect really on anything, had the touchdown. The good spot for him there at Jamar Chase is at 81. It's your 8K and above. But you know, of that top tier, we'll say 7K and above, guys. Both Browns, Hill, Diggs, Chase Adams, Jefferson Cup. We'll label as our top group there. How are you defining your value of those guys? Uh, how am I defining my value? I mean, I love them all. I mean, you can't argue against Cooper Cup, right? I mean, over 100 yards and three touchdowns in the first two games. Right? I mean, it's ridiculous. Justin Jefferson, he got held down by the Eagles. Can Detroit do that? I don't think so. Tennessee secondary is absolute trash. I like Devontae Adams. Maybe I back off of Jamar Chase a little bit while the Bengals are Figuring still struggling yeah. there. Diggs, I'll tell you what, man. I'm very curious to see what they do. I want to see what happens if Gabe Davis is back. They've been moving Diggs all over the field. And Miami's outside corners, good. Not phenomenal, but good. Their slot corner is terrible, terrible. And Nick Needham is awful. So I feel like that's a spot where you could really exploit Miami. I mean, but, you know, obviously Diggs is going to be super chalky after, what, 144 yards and three touchdowns or yeah, something like 12 that? 12 of 14 for 148. I, it was my biggest regret on, on Monday night was when I was doing the prize fix props, which we hit them both. So, like, I didn't lose the prop plays. But Stephon mm -hmm. Diggs' yardage was, like, 78 and a half or something like that. 
and he had it in the first like the first quarter it's like why didn't i just take the over on that right like again <laughs> both of those plays hit that i put out there for prize picks but like that was the easier one but we were sweating out some jalen hurts rushing yardage at the end that hit the two pick but yeah Diggs has just been unbelievable he's like on a mission to repeat being the number one wide receiver like he was two years ago so i'm fully on board with that call as well and both browns for me are in play AJ Brown, I'm on Ross St. Brown. Both of them are in great spots. I like AJ in a better as a better spot than than Amon Ra, just because I do like this Minnesota secondary. We'll have to see what happens with Harrison Smith, actually. Yeah. I mean, because that's the thing. Minnesota's defense looked like shit against Jalen Hurts, but you know, here's the thing with Detroit, right? Jared Goff is not Jalen Hurts. You are not worried about Jared Goff running. Nope. You're not Jared Goff is not doing RPO work. Right. And so you play a team differently when you've got a guy like Jared Goff versus a guy like AJ Brown. Mm-hmm. Think that or Jalen Hurts. All right. So I like AJ Brown more than I like Amon Ra just because I just think that the Washington's got a weaker secondary and you just you have to change, you have to adjust your entire scheme sometimes when you've got a guy like Jalen Hurts. So yeah. I think the best. Th- I think the best thing about what Hertz did in on Monday was the uh, Vikings did what they could for to sort of defend against AJ Brown, and then Devonta Smith just torched them. Right. So like I liked the fact that Hertz was able to connect with all of his targets. Goddard had a pretty good game. Devonta Smith had a really good game. AJ Brown had an okay game. It wasn't what we saw from Week One, but. You know, if Hertz is able to spread the ball around like that, then it just makes defenses more difficult to sort of stack one way or the other. And Brown could find himself in certain sets with a much easier spot. So I'm with you. I'm obviously a big fan. I'll certainly have a Brown Hertz stack. I'll probably have a Brown Smith stack there or a Hertz, a Hertz Smith stack there as well. Under 7K, you mentioned Pittman against Kansas City. Waddle against Buffalo, tough secondary. Mike Williams and Keenan Allen are priced near each other. What are your, how are you feeling about that? I mean, how am I feeling about that? I feel like I love both receivers. We still don't know if Keenan Allen's going to play though, do right. we? He, yeah, Keenan Allen said Wednesday he's got a shot. So feels so less than 50-50 there, doesn't it? Like Doesn't sound too good, does right. it? So yeah, I would, I'd be wary of that. Mike Williams, I'm totally fine using. I think Mike Williams is phenomenal. I have no problem using Mike Williams at that price point. Yep. It's just a matter of whether or not you're going to be able to fit that cost in there. Yep. I agree with you there. A lot of questionables again in this range here. Allen, Gideon Davis, Godwin are all questionable. McLaurin is interesting. Philly's got a really good secondary, but also like Samuel and Dotson and Logan Thomas, like they're all just being very productive. So it feels like it's, not taking away totally what McLaurin can do because obviously he's had over double digit fantasy points both weeks, but he's not the, he's not the, it doesn't feel like he's that number one that we thought he was going into the season. No, he does not feel like that number one. But I mean, again, like that's the thing is that he's still, we know how dangerous he is. He's going to draw the toughest coverage. I think he just, he stood out so much more because the rest of the Washington receiving core was just absolute crap for yeah, so long. Right. right? Like I mean, Adam Cam, Humphreys. Cam like, Sims? Yeah. Cam Sims. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So it's a little, it's a little on the tough side there. So no, I'm not really, I don't, I like McClure. I actually, I used him last week in my stack with, uh, with Samuel because I figured so many people were still going to be utilizing Logan Thomas in there and it was going to be John Dotson in there. So I thought I was going a little contrarian with uh, with McLaurin, and it turns out it was contrarian because he wasn't getting points. <laughs> right. 
Uh, yeah, Dotson again, another touchdown for him there. Other guys in this range here. Uh, Kirk has a really tough matchup against the Chargers. Uh, I'm not mm -hmm. sure we're going to go back into that well, though. He's been very much worth the money for Jacksonville. They paid him through two weeks. T. Higgins, 61. Metcalf against Atlanta. How are we feeling about this low 6K, high 5K range? Low 6K, high 5K range. How am I feeling about it? Yeah, anybody I mean... that you're like really keen in on? like uh, Brandon Cooks, for me, I think, is in an interesting spot. We Houston, I think, a little bit here. Obviously, Drake London at 5,800. Guys, like, guys yeah. in that range. Yeah, I like London. Obviously, he's the, on the cover of the of the of the watch list. There, I think he just he gets peppered with targets. I do agree with you now, though, as we talk about it. Like, wouldn't it be just the thing to see Kyle Pitts get all those targets and not Drake London? I'm in on Allen Robinson at fifty seven hundred. I'm in on Cooks, like you said, against Chicago. I think that's a perfectly fine spot to be in there. I mean, I would probably look towards. I mean. Going down to fifty five hundred too much? No, or you wanted no, to I keep rolling down, man. Let's give me my Alan Lazard. No, you can't give me Alan Lazard. Say Alan Lazard is I all the way up. To. That's six K, by the way, your boy Alan Lazard. Hey, don't do not besmirch the name of Alan Lazard. No besmirching. Don't don't besmirch. I'm so kind of at a loss with DJ Moore. I really am. Like I hey, want to like a touchdown him. last week. I know he scored a touchdown last week, but are, do you feel comfortable with DJ no. Moore knowing who his quarterback is, is or anything like that? Quarterback in the football. So, all right. No, I'm with you. So, there. Cooks, Bateman, Allen Robinson, and then I'll I'll give the look to Garrett Wilson in a GPP lineup. I'm not going to totally trust him. I'm really curious to see what happens with Darnell Mooney. I was going to say, Darnell Mooney is like burning a hole in me right now. Like, I want. It's crazy, right? Like, you want to play him so badly, but then you're like, dude, if he fucking goose eggs me, I'm going to go nuts. This could easily be a five for 140 in a score or. One car. He had one catch for negative four yards last two week. For, two <laughs> for seventeen. Right. Like, what are we? Like, what are we doing? So, yeah. Again, like, I feel like, given the criticism that offense had after a primetime game, where everybody's like, "How do you only let Fields throw eleven times?" That they're going to come out there and have him throw. They're going to go out there and have Fields throw more than eleven times this time out. So. Yeah, I'm probably gonna sink with either sink or swim there with with Darnell Mooney at 53 because he's he's a 6K plus receiver when that offense was doing good last year. He's in the watch list. Yep, he is in the watch list. I like his matchup here. Yep, no doubt. Devonta Smith is interesting just in a contrarian sense because I think obviously everybody's so in on AJ Brown. Yeah, because again, I don't like this Washington secondary. Curtis Samuel on the other side. It's a tougher matchup, but. Samuel gets the looks, he gets the targets, and he gets the touches out of the backfield now. Heart, touchdowns in both weeks as well. 20 targets in two weeks. He's the real deal. Like The, the problem is like he eight catches, 55 yards, seven catches, 78 yards is a little bit better. He doesn't feel like he's a guy that's ever going to go for big yardage, but he's gonna just right. going to get in full PPR for DraftKings. You don't really care about that. You'll just take the target, the catches. So. so where are the bargains, man? That's the question at wide receiver because... Palmer at 48 if, if Keenan Allen's out again. Yeah. You mentioned the slot corner for Miami being horrible. Well, that's Isaiah McKenzie's spot. Do they will they throw to Isaiah McKenzie enough to make him relevant? Probably not, but you know he did have a touchdown week one. I think a lot of people will go to Jahan Dotson again because of the touchdowns keep going in his direction at forty six hundred dollars there. So possibly possibly a spot for him there. Dorch, as I told you last week, I, I had Dorch in a lot of my lineups, and you kind of were off that. I guess the one thing going against Dorch is that Jalen Ramsey just plays exclusively slot corner. So he may end up drawing that matchup there. So I don't know. Uh, DeAndre Carter keeps actually 
catching the football, $4,200 for him. Yeah. He's going a- lower, man. I want dirt. I want, mm-hmm. like, if I'm going to build a lineup here and try and go back to Ashton Doolin, even if, if Pittman's back, he's still the number two receiver on that team, right? He's cheap. I, I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, you could say Quez Watkins, right? Benjamin St. Just is the worst slot receiver, worst slot corner in the history of slot corners. Yeah. He's just, right? he just, is he, he needs the volume, right? Only two targets. He just happened to catch a 53 yard touchdown. So. That's, I mean, listen, if you're throwing down for a GPP, that's all you need. That's true. At 3,700. Is this the week I mean, Sky I tried, Moore gets I, on the field? Fuck Sky Moore, man. I can't deal with that. I'm just saying. <laughs> too harsh? Too mean? Hey, Michael, Carl, Michael Hartman's uh, questionable, so. Yeah. Heel. Limited in practice due to a heel injury. What happened to your Kendrick Bourne call, by the way? Yes, uh, he did see more snaps. That did happen. They just didn't throw him. He didn't get fucking targeted shit. Yeah, he got targeted three times. He played more. He did play more. So, but I mean, what are we going to, I can't make them throw. <laughs> I can't make them throw to him. So. You can't? Why not? Yeah. I thought you had pull. I thought you had clout. I mean, this could be an, this could be a spot. I mean, I think the one telling thing that they came out of that game was after the fact they talked about the touchdown that he threw that Mac Jones threw to Nelson Aguilar and he, they said, what were you seeing on that play? And he basically admitted that their offensive, some of their offensive philosophies have changed now where if he sees guys in one-on-one matchups to just throw it up there and give his receivers more opportunities at those 50-50 balls. And more often than not, that those go intercept goes go those will go incomplete than intercepted. So you might as well take the shot on the play. Nelson Aguilar makes the play, scores the touchdown. So maybe Mac Jones is gonna be taking more shots downfield. If that's the case, then maybe Nelson Aguilar is a dart throw play. It's not great. Yeah, I was know, gonna say but... you speak with such livid, limited like confidence well i don't because i don't know what to do with this offense anymore right like again they lack guys who can separate but nelson aguilar six catches 110 yards and a touchdown last week one of them was a 44 yard touchdown nelson aguilar is supposed to be the field stretcher week one he had five targets right like jacoby myers is a pretty safe ppr guy he's still their number one receiver he gets targeted a lot Devontae parker is non-existent i'm sure you're happy to see that can't find his way to get open at all max not why, why I, it's not so much that i'm happy about that it's just it's one of those things where you get a guy who has one good year one one and people have just been hanging on to that shit for so long Think like thinking that it's well, actually it was only happen. two years ago it wasn't like it wasn't five years ago. It was the first year he's ever played 16 games. He gives you 1,200 yards. So. Right. So so he doesn't do shit for the first couple of seasons that he's in the NFL, right? He has one good year, yeah. and everybody's, like, thinking that he's going to be great. Oh, you compare him to the – Oh, how many times did people, like, fucking tweet out the numbers for the number one wide receiver of New England? Yeah. Come well, on. It's, it's still Jacoby Myers, but it could be Nelson Aguilar, given the recent target volume, 11 targets through two weeks – Six of six last week and 110 in a Buffalo. I mean, Baltimore, like, is their secondary trash? Or is it just that Waddle and Tyreek Hill are just gangbusters? It's probably Waddle and Tyreek Hill being gangbusters. But what's the closest thing New England has the, to Tyreek Hill or Jalen Waddle? Maybe it's Nelson Aguilar. I don't know. Not that I'm recommending that we go down there. I was just going to say, dude, that was a bold statement not right what I'm there. Saying. Maybe not it's what Nelson I'm, Aguilar. Not what I'm saying. Not what I'm saying. Listen, there really aren't a lot of value guys down here on this week at wide receiver. No, there are not. And that's actually something that I wanted to, like, just let everybody know john and i are actually recording this on wednesday night we're recording this much earlier than what we usually do so 
injuries still have to, have to talk about injuries as they happen like later on in the week. So while you're listening to this podcast, and you're taking notes and stuff like that. Just understand the time frame of when we're actually doing this. Because yeah, we're about 24, hours, could 24 hours sooner, could... sooner usually, or maybe, maybe like 35, 36 hours sooner than we usually record, right? Cord, cord there, listen, afternoon. everybody sits out of practice on a Wednesday, so we don't really have any decent practice reports. When we record on a Friday, we get two extra days worth of like legitimate practices. Yep. So we'll see. Again, you'll have the updated watch list as things go. I can make note of any updates that we need to, but at least for now, there isn't doesn't seem to be a lot of wide receiver value. Tight end position. Kelsey gets Indy at 79. Obviously, he's been legit. Andrews had a big game last week. Waller found the end zone last week. But Kyle Pitts at 4,800. I might just, again, sink or swim here. If he goes off, we're not going to get him under 5K again this season. So 4,800 may be the cheapest we see Kyle Pitts again the rest of the year. 4,800 is very, like, I'm playing around, trying to figure out a lineup, what I want to do and for the end of this show. And Kyle Pitts is sitting there in, in my lineup. Yep. Because I, I do feel like this could be. A squeaky wheel gets the grease, however you want to put it. But it's definitely a possibility. He had seven targets in week one. They just didn't capitalize on any of it. So it's not like they were completely ignoring him in week one like they did in week two. So in week two, again, think about it. Really tough matchup against against the Rams. They asked them to block more to protect Mariota. Seattle's not going to bring that same kind of heat on the defense. So maybe it allows them to branch off a little bit more there. Tyler Higby isn't really good. I don't know what's going on there, but 20 targets in two weeks for Tyler Higby. Yeah, and in a good matchup here as well. I like... Had to dive in a little deeper into Higby in the watch list and just kind of take a look because the targets are coming his way. And yep. this is actually a very favorable matchup for uh, for him as the tight end. So yeah, Isaiah Simmons uh, def- is really struggling. For I'm sorry, two weeks. what? I said Isaiah Simmons is really struggling through two weeks. Yeah. Last year, he was one of the best tight end cover men in football. Kelsey and Waller so far have taken it to him. So we'll see what happens with Higby here. But a strong performance out of him. No doubt about it. Are you it. buying Gerald Everett? If Keenan Allen's out again? Yeah, I'm definitely buying Gerald Everett if Keenan Allen's going to be out again. He's just, he's been solid. He's seeing the targets. He's seeing red zone looks, which is really nice. And yeah, while Keenan Allen is out, I think Everett is is definitely a viable option. The question I think is, do we buy Gasicki with that game last week? Because we've been talking all preseason about how Gasicki is, he's not running the routes and he's going to be blocking more and he's not getting this offense. And then all of a sudden Gasicki comes out and has himself a day or and a half actually. Yeah. Four catches, 40 yards and a score. Probably no for me. I think under 4k has some interesting spots. If Zuma's out, I mean, Conklin keeps getting targeted. Another nine targets for him in week two against Cleveland. This is a, a guy that had a touchdown in week one, seven targets there. So Back-to-back double-digit fantasy point days for Tyler Conklin. Flacco, not afraid to throw to him. Evan Ingram had a good week against Indy. Seven catches, eight targets for him there for full PPR volume. And then Logan Thomas has been in my lineup both weeks as my top tight end. Again, three catches, 37 yards, found the end zone in week two. Three catches, 45 yards in week one. Now he gets a Philly defense here that had really been struggling against tight ends. If you remember in Monday Night Football, Irv Smith, he caught a touchdown, right? And then he dropped the wide open play downfield he he probably should have had two so i think logan thomas could be an interesting spot here at 35 if the wide receivers are getting locked up by slay and and those guys yeah actually i think that's a that's a fantastic call actually i really do 3500 for him so kudos 3500 dollars i like that Komet's 34 is he gonna get a goose egg no 
No, he sucks. He's done. Does he suck or is it the offense? Yes. He does. He doesn't suck. Uh, No, he doesn't suck, but the offense sucks. The offensive line is terrible, right? It's awful. Fields is definitely a work in progress. Yeah, these guys just... And the defense isn't that good either, so that ends up keeping the defense on the field longer, and and, then the offense just doesn't have a chance to kind of put it together. I just... I can't do it. Like, even... Like, here's the thing. You can think that Cole Komet as a physical specimen is fine, and Cole Komet's a solid pass catcher, this, that, and the other thing. Are you going to trust him in your lineups here with the way that the Bears offense has been playing? Or do you look for some sort of signs of life first? You probably should wait and look for signs of life. But if I'm playing a 20 max, like you're going to have probably a field stack in there, maybe just to be super different. And it is Houston. So maybe something. I don't know. In a 20 man, in, in a 20 max, you would make sure that you had fields in your lineup. I would make, I'd make one lineup with fields in a 20 max. Oh. Yeah. Why he really? ran for a touchdown last week? That's uh, that's right there. If they if they let him throw a little bit more, we talked about Mooney. How can you think maybe Mooney will break out in this spot and not have interest in Fields? I'm not saying that it's there's a difference between a breakout and sitting there and saying I'm going to build 20 lineups and I'm going to make sure that I've got one of the worst offenses. I'm going to commit to that. Yeah. Like that's just I mean yeah, it's spreading it out and it's yeah. diversifying your lineups and shit, but. Aren't you kind of just throwing your money away a little bit? I don't think so. I think Fields' mobility is appealing, and we've seen him have big games last year at times. And Mooney, obviously, we know was pretty good. So, again, if you're, if you're going in the Millie Maker here, you got to throw a, a random lineup to be different. I think that could be something. What do you think about Isaiah Likely? Would you consider him at 2,800? No. no. Okay. No. Okay. Four catches, 53 yards last week, 43 yards last week. I know what he did last week. Do you think that you're going to get that every week? If Duvernay- or is that more of a product of the fact that the fucking game turned into a track meet? No, I think if Duvernay is out, they use likely more as the, as the other wide receiver. Yeah. That's what I think. Doesn't do much for me. Okay. Any value tight ends for you then? No, I don't really. What do I have down there? I don't even think I have anybody that far down in the in the tight end realm. Gets targets. Granson keeps getting targets. Well, he only had two last week, but he was on the field a lot. He was on the field a bunch, yep. I don't know. I don't really think that there's anybody really down there at the bottom that's uh, that's doing much. Yeah, I guess that Juwan Johnson had seven targets last week, but hard to trust, I think, that week in, week out. So 12 targets through two weeks, 40 yards each week, maybe something. Coop likes him. Converted wide receiver into a tight end. So. Yeah, no, listen, Coop and I had many discussions about Juwan Johnson last year. Do I want to try and buy into it now? <laughs> And I'm also, again, you got to be worried. Jameis Winston's playing with small fractures in his back. Yeah, I know. It's not great. Not great. All right, defense here then. Where are we Where are we going for defense? If you're so anti-Chicago, does that put you on Houston as, the, as a $2,600 defense here? Yeah, I could look at Houston, right? Lovey Smith, he knows what's going on. He knows what's up. No, I think I might, the, I'm actually, believe it or not, kind of looking at the Raiders. Yeah. I agree with you. I actually had recommended to some to pick them up this week in, in for fantasy. And they're like, have you seen how they've been playing? I'm like, yeah, but like, you know who they're playing this week, right? That's completely different. So right, you stack the it. box, you stop Henry, dare Ryan Tannehill to throw it. Listen, I get it. They've had three total points in two weeks, but this isn't there. They have their, this Tennessee team is not very good. So yeah, Raider. I think Raiders are certainly interesting. Texans are $2,600. Let's see here. Ravens are 3K against New England. If, again, if you're Mac, Mac Jones, they, they won last week, but they didn't look good really doing it. So, Dude, Eagles 2,900 against Washington, right? I mean, 
It's Carson Wentz. We know it's Carson Wentz. Yeah, they, yeah they've got is he weapons, extra motivated but... though. Is he extra motivated against the Eagles? Is he going to be extra motivated, or are the Eagles going to be like, "Oh, we remember this dude"? Yeah, it's possible. Let's fuck him up. It's possible. Top price guys. Any, any top defenses you're keying in on here? I mean, I like the Chargers. Obviously, again, it's just it's a good, solid team. Don't you, you turn hate around the Chargers and... at home though? They like they never cover at home. Well, I, I'm not betting on the game. <laughs> I ain't betting on the game, no, sir. I actually, I like the Saints against Carolina at 3,500. Sure. Yeah, Baker's prone for turnover. Do, do, do the Bills come through 35? I mean, they could, but I mean, do I want to take that chance that that Miami's got the cheat code now with Waddle and Hill? Sure. Kyler's hasn't looked great until the second half of the game. So I don't know what, the, what are your thoughts on the Rams at 34. I do like the Rams. They good turnover team. Yeah, because that the thing about the Rams and what was kind of interesting about them was just they really took their foot off the gas against Atlanta. Like mm-hmm. the game was thirty-one to twenty-seven, but there's no way that whole game was even remotely that close. Right. Like they gave up all those fourth quarter points, and you were like, "Ugh, damn!" Like if you played the defense, you were psyched for the entire game. And they just totally shit the bed at the Three end. Sacks, and, and a fumble recovery, and two interceptions only got them nine fantasy points. Because they gave up a buttload of points in the second half. Yep. Terrible. All right. That's our defenses then, Howard. So let's go build our lineup. Are we are we going the Mariota? Are we going Carr? Where are we going with our uh, our quarterback? Cool. We can go Mariota. Yeah. I mean. Hurt? How are we feeling? It depends. Are we, ba- are we building a GPP lineup or are we building a cash lineup? GPP lineup. GPP lineup. Okay. So where does it start? Where does it start? Why don't you, we could, let's, I'll tell you what, let's do, let's do, you, you have Carr as the cover of the quarterback coach, right? Yeah. So let's, uh, let's go Carr and Adams. Let's just lock those two in there and we can build the lineup around. I don't necessarily think we have to go full stack. Nope. I agree. Cause I want to use pits. So I'm just going to put pits in there. Okay. I mean, I'm putting these in here at the same time as you. So what do we decide on for a defense? Oh, is that the, is that going to complete our stack? No, I mean, it could. <laughs> you, want, you want to go Raiders? No, no, we don't have to. We don't have to. I mean, we, I feel like we should be saving some money here, obviously, anyways. So if you're in on, if you like Houston's defense against Chicago, they're 26. Uh, let's pop them in there and just see what happens. Okay. So yeah, just the tip, just to see how it yeah, feels. Just to see how it goes. All right. So we got 5600 basically $5,700 a player moving forward here. Locking in Carr, Adams, Pitts, and the Texans defense. Okay. Um, All right. That's what we got locked in for right now. So let's start talking. Uh, let's start talking running back. Sure. Do we, we can pay up. We can stay in the middle. We could use, do we want to use Damian Pierce as that pay down? Yes. We'll use Pierce as a pay down. All right. So boom, you get five grand, five K out of him there. Yep. You um, want to see if we can fit Taylor here? Sure. Let's try it. Let's try it. Let's just put Taylor in there. Obvious alternatives we've talked about. Fournette. I think we both really like Fournette this week too. Yep, yep. So we do. Let's, we'll try and jam Taylor in here and see what happens. Okay. So with Taylor and Pierce, it's about forty-eight hundred dollars a player, two wide receivers, and a flex. So we need a bargain wide out. Bargain wide guy out gonna... or double tight end. Logan Thomas is at thirty-five. Everett's forty-four. Higby's forty-five. We could double. We could double up to the tight end position there. Um, All right. Let's try. Let's see. Let's let's throw Higby in and see. Okay. I like him. We could do Logan Thomas. Yeah, that will get us more salary. Logan Thomas will get us two fifty-four hundred dollars wide receivers. 
Okay. So then who are the wide receivers that we like? Let's see. Curtis Those Samuels, are, oh. 51. Well, I'm not going to – I don't want two pass catchers. Sure, for Washington, right. Right. What if we went Allen Robinson at 57? Okay. So A-Rob at 57. Oh, that leaves us 51. <laughs> right in the Curtis Samuel range. Right in the Curtis Samuel <laughs> spot. Let's see. Is there a 52? Or do we do here? What happens if we take out Robinson and we go Mooney? Well, we're playing Houston D. Do you want to switch off to the Raiders? Oh, yeah. No, I don't want to. Yeah. We'll just, we can, I mean, I like Raiders defense. Ah, Garrett Wilson. Okay. <laughs> okay. Garrett Wilson works. Okay. For those of you who are wondering, John's just in dire need of a nap. No, John I, is... I'm just building this lineup out with you guys. So here we go. So Texas. Dude, we can hear it in your voice the entire time. Uh, we so, love you. We're worried about you. Yeah, I'm good. But we can't get Robinson there at, at, at 57 with, with Wilson there. So No, we can't. I gotta be honest with you. I don't I think we need to work off of work away from Jonathan Taylor. I agree with you. I agree. All right. So let's I go. just don't like I don't like what it's leaving us there with the uh, with the receivers. Okay. So Fournette was dealing with a hammy. Let's see. Mixon's at 76. You said you liked Eckler. Yeah, but I'm, we're trying to save a couple of shekels well, here, too. Well, you save a thousand bucks, so it'll give us a $6,400 wide receiver. All right, Eckler. We'll put him in there. Let's see what we got. Let's see what we got. Wait, what did you say? How much? It, it, it gives us another receiver? Washington wide receiver. It gives us McLaurin. All right, um, yeah. <laughs> all right, so how about this? How about we go Fournette and Mike Williams? Oh, I like that. All right. Actually, we'll have even more money. We'll have. Let me see. Oh, me see. Diggs. Fournette and Diggs. Or, or AJ Brown. And then who does oh, – I thought you said Mike Williams. No to Mike Williams? No, we can. Do you want to go up from Garrett Wilson then? Oh, Because we go four now. I didn't even put in – I didn't even put in Garrett Wilson. Oh, you said Garrett Wilson. All right. So if you put if you put in Fournette instead of – Take a nap. I don't need the nap. I'm the one that's uh, – you said Garrett Wilson. $6,600 then. 6600 So <laughs> there's McLaurin. That's what I said. Um, yeah, it gives us McLaurin again. Yeah. Could do T. Higgins. I don't know how you feel about T. What if, let's see. I kind of liked, I honestly, I kind of liked going digs at 77 with Fournette. It gives us $5,600 for an outfielder. Jesus, for a wide receiver. <laughs> see, take a nap. I did the baseball playbook today. Give me a break. Somebody get this guy a pillow. I'm good. I'm good. No, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm sitting in a burning room, <laughs> sipping on some coffee. I'm good. All right, I'm fine. I got I'm the line now. We're good. I figured it so, out. So, go ahead. Tell me what it is. All right, where's the? There's on There he is. Okay, so Derek Carr, Damian Pierce, Leonard Fournette, uh-huh. Devontae Adams, AJ Brown, Allen Robinson, Kyle Pitts, Logan Thomas, Texan defense, and it gives us three hundred bucks. Yeah. So it yeah. gives you the Robinson call that you liked. We get AJ Brown, who we like against Washington. Devontae Adams stacks with Carr. We're getting Kyle Pitts. We're using two tight ends with Logan Thomas, which could come back in that AJ Brown game. I know you like sort of having guys come back in games. What uh, if we don't? What if we don't go the two tight end route? Well, we we don't have a lot of money. We don't have a lot of money at all. All so, right, that's kind of the kind of the direction I'm looking at here. All right, read it off one more time for me. Derek Carr. Derek Carr. Damian Pierce. Leonard Fournette. Got it. Devonte Adams. Devonte Adams. AJ yeah. Brown. Allen Robinson. Okay. Kyle Pitts, Logan Thomas, Texans defense, $300 on the table. 
If you wanted right. the Eagles defense, you could go up from the Texans. But, you know, we're playing Logan Thomas. So, <laughs> But we're playing Logan Thomas, and that's just the way it yeah. goes. So that's the lineup. That's the lineup for now. Again, recording here Wednesday. Obviously, if Fournette starts getting DNPs due to the hamstring, we can we can readjust the the running back position here. But that yeah, is zero the, chance I stay on this lineup. That is the lineup that I like. It's <laughs> the lineup I think we're gonna go with. I'll hit enter. I'll enter this lineup. I have no problem. I have no problem with it. Oh, you're gonna change it by the time Friday comes. No, I don't, listen. I make multiple lineups. I will play this lineup though. I play our. I play you're gonna be all drunk as shit at Grande's wedding, and you're gonna be like, oh, I'm just gonna play with some lineups. Now nah, I'll be good. I'll be good. Again, I entered the three. I entered the three and twenty maxes. Like I'll, this lineup will be part of it. So that's what we got going on. Watch list will be updated throughout the week. The playbook and the dartboard come out on Saturday. Example lineups come out on Sunday. Coaches will be continued being released throughout the week. If you want to have any questions, get in our Discord. We still apparently have the all pro access NFL fifty promo code going on. Week three last year we made a millionaire. So no better time than now. This lineup you're looking at right now, million dollar lineup. Just saying it. Maybe not. Probably not, but could be. But no better chance than now to join 50% off the first six months, about 20 bucks a month for the first six months. Using promo code NFL50, you get in our Discord, you get access to all of our DFS content. Really nothing better than that, Howard. I can't think of anything better. Well, except for winning that million dollars. And we had Millionaire Mike on the Fantasy Alarm Show today. So if you have Sirius XM and you and you listen on demand to Wednesday's show, we, we, we spoke to Mike. He offered up uh, some bits of advice. We talked a little bit about the slate, talked about what he's doing with all his money, all that fun stuff there. Be like Mike. True. Be like Mike. Be like Mike. Be part of the family. Mike's part of the family. You should too. Again, fantasylarm.com slash all pro. Promo code NFL50 will save you 50% off the first six months. But for now, Howard and I will be back. Back for next week. We'll catch you guys later.